Those two equations are the math that determines your financial outcome in life. But it's more than that because it's a philosophy, as you can tell. Once you really break it apart, there's actionable philosophy to implement that math and put it to work for you. What's going on, guys? This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. And today our guest is Todd Treseder from FinancialMentor.com. Todd's going to tell us all about his background, successful career, retired early, and then built FinancialMentor.com. Great URL. Today, we're talking about the seven steps to seven figures, but also we're talking about how Todd is revitalizing his seven steps to seven figures coaching program to turn it into a course so that the masses, everybody out there can participate and start moving along those seven steps and start building seven figures. Or really, as we talk about again in this interview, they can start incorporating expectancy and expectancy analysis into their lives, into their financial futures. And if you don't know what I mean by expectancy, neither did I, and you're going to find out. We talk about that in this interview because it's probably not what you think. It's not what I thought. And don't worry, we talk about that with Todd. What does expectancy mean when we're planning our financial future, personal future, our time, everything the definition of expectancy as we go through the seven steps to seven figures. Great interview. I learned so much from Todd. We talked a lot after we were recorded too. He's got so many interesting thoughts and, and a wealth of experience and it was a great conversation. You're going to really enjoy listening. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and share the return. Love talking about these topics, bringing financial independence to the world of real estate and vice versa, setting real estate on fire. Love having these conversations. Without any further ado, here we go with Todd Treseder from financialmentor.com. Todd, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a thrill to talk to you. You've got a great brand, awesome content. There's a lot to it. But for those out there who don't know who you are, can you tell us a bit about yourself before we kind of get into the topic today? Yeah. So the site is financialmentor.com. I've got six books. The seventh one is almost written. I've got a course on wealth building, advanced wealth building strategy. And then the site itself has one of the largest collections of financial calculators on the internet that's for free. You know, other people have larger collections, but they're for sale. And there's like a thousand printed pages of content that you can learn from for free. So there's a ton of resources. My background is I cut my teeth as a hedge fund manager back before they were even called hedge funds. Uh, back then, they were called private placement partnerships. They hadn't adopted that sexy name of hedge funds. <laughs> and they were using like the old legal structure from the failed oil and gas partnerships from the 70s. Uh, but it was skill-based investments. And that's what I wanted to get into was I really wanted to develop skill-based investment strategy. I didn't want to do the mundane passive investment strategy as commonly taught. And so that's kind of my background. We sold the hedge fund to a bigger fish back in, I, I don't remember the date now, 1998, 97, something like that. Bigger fish bought us out and we sold that company. At that point, I floundered around for a few years and then landed on building out financial mentor. At first, it was just a, a coaching site, a boutique coaching site. I was one of the first financial coaches on the internet. When I started Financial Mentor, that's how I got the URL, right? That's I a mean, great mate, that URL. Yeah, thanks. Um, that's how I got it, right? Is I was early 
when I started, there was literally eight returns. Back then, it was the days of AltaVista, you know, <laughs> and that those Google didn't exist, right? And you'd search for financial coach, you get like eight or nine returns. And all of them were stockbrokers trying to reposition themselves as coaches. I was the only legitimate financial coach, the only one that was actually operating as an education business with the distinctions of what a coach really is. So I was the first financial coach on the internet. I built that practice up until you know it was a victim of its own success. I had a waiting list at 600 bucks an hour. I mean, I couldn't, I never wanted to become a thousand dollar an hour coach. I just couldn't handle the demand. And so I shut it down and I've been building out the info product side of the business ever since. So I'm trying to put Todd in a box and put my knowledge in a box in the form of courses and books. And that's kind of my legacy thing. That's what I'm doing with the remainder of my life is trying to build this out and be of service to people. That's great. And you've got a fantastic website for the listeners. He and I talked for 15 minutes about before we hit record about how great the website is and how impressed I am. And there's a particular piece of content. I mean, you've got an immense amount of knowledge. And there's one piece of content that I really wanted to drill into while we've got you today. And that is the seven steps to seven figures. So I mean, let's go through it. Let's walk through the seven steps and kind of break those out and learn about them. So step one. Yeah, so this is actually going to be kind of an interesting story, right? Because this is an interesting story in failure and adaptation in business, right? So you're seeing step seven steps to seven figures. You're seeing it probably one to two months, depending on when this publishes, before I will actually be switching it over to the Expectancy Master Course Series. So right now it's seven courses and it's taken me, you know, two to three years to build out the first course, which was step three, which I renamed expectancy wealth planning. What I learned in the process, I thought it was a really smart thing, seven steps to seven figures, right? And where it came from was my coaching practice. I had in my head a structure of seven steps that I was taking people through and I kind of found that time and time again. So the whole premise of my coaching practice was I was trying to figure out, could I actually help people? Like, could I actually convert normal people into successful, wealthy people, right? And it took a lot of learning. I had a lot of missteps. I had a lot of problems. But eventually, I started figuring it out. And it became this seven steps to seven figures. And as I got the seven-step process, then I had a repeatable process that kept working for people right? And I said, okay, now I'm going to roll it out in courses. So I set up the sales letters like you see up there and it follows a pattern structure and it makes sense and it's tempting enough to have an interview about, right? But here's what I learned. And this is a a perfect example of building wealth and success and the best laid ideas and how you have to rework them is that as I taught this, what I found is it confused people. People didn't know which step to start with. Why, Todd, did you build step three I want to start with step one. I want to start at the beginning. What are the prerequisites? If I start at step three, the one you're already offering, should I take step one and two first? You don't even have them available. You know, I don't want step three. Can I take step five without taking step three? And it went on and on and on. And I confused the daylights out of people. And then what I realized also is that I'm going to be dead before I write seven courses. (laughs) Right? Like it's just, it's too big of a project. I didn't think building a course properly and making it actual and doing it well was as much work as it is. It's an unbelievable amount of work. Like just to give you some perspective, most people never even write a book, right? I can write a book like most people write an article now, right? Because I've done seven of them. I'm almost through seven of them. And so 
a book is to an article in terms of complexity and size, what a course is to a book. Like it's that much geometrically larger in terms of scope and complexity and how it has to be put together to do it right. And so what I've done is in working with clients real time, because I've got like six to 700 clients in the expectancy wealth planning course right now. And so in working with people real time, what I've realized is that I need to group them differently. So I ended up in order to build out the step three course, right, which became expectancy wealth planning. Originally, it was design your wealth plan, right? In order to get that, I, I convert to expectancy wealth planning because in the process of building out with real-time clients in the course, I realized I needed pieces from step four and I needed some pieces from step two. And I realized that like the structure of doing it in a course is very different from what it was for me as a live coach. With me coaching people live, I did it as seven steps. With me building courses, teaching people in a course format, it's actually three things. Hmm. And so it's expectancy wealth planning, expectancy investing, and expectancy living. And so it's going to become the expectancy master course series. And hopefully I live long enough to produce all three. <laughs> Just like George R. R. Martin with uh, the Game of Thrones books. So yeah. So I'm still happy to go through it with you. It's a fascinating story. I just thought it was also an interesting story in how you fail and you iterate and you keep moving forward based on customer feedback of what works and what doesn't. You know, so I think it's worth sharing the failures as well as the successes. So the course has been a great success. It's exceeded my expectations in terms of how clients are getting results from it. But it was way more work to put together than I ever imagined. And it required a different scope of material than I understood. And I didn't know it until I taught it as a course format. That's interesting. You know, and and you know, if we want to walk through it, I think it'd be great to highlight some of the areas for improvement because it would be that you found for yourself because it would be kind of ridiculous to say, I made this seven series course, I mean, these seven courses on wealth building. And then that was it. That's all she wrote. And that's everything you ever needed to know about building wealth and, and financial independence. So it's definitely very, I think it's actually a good sign that you found such a way on your own that, hey, I can really improve this and completely, you know, revamp it, revitalize it and teach it in a different way. But I'd still love to walk through it and, and learn those lessons. Yeah. Yeah, let's walk through it, but I want to clarify something. Sure. It's actually, it's the core curriculum, if you will. Like mm. you have to get the core curriculum right. I don't claim to teach everything you ever need to know about wealth building, <laughs> right? Because like you're a real estate guy, right? There's all kinds of niches in real estate. There's all mm. kinds of nuances. There's all kinds of nooks and crannies you can go down if you choose to, but they're all within the domain of real estate. Now, real estate within itself obeys certain basic principles. Those basic principles then fit within the wealth building principles. So there's like, what I'm building out is the core curriculum you got to get right. Because eventually you're going to get it right whether you do it up front or not, right? So you're going to learn through the school of hard knocks. So you're going to learn intellectually and you're going to apply it by principle and intelligently. And so that's what I'm trying to teach is the core curriculum, not every nuanced little detail that changes as the market environments change and the opportunities in the markets change. Sure, absolutely. I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. You're teaching principles that'll presumably work across any market or can be applied to any market, but not necessarily the, the deepest details. So, I mean, let's get into it and, and kind of get started on, on what some of those sure. things are. Sure. So the first step is just getting your personal financial act together, right? You got to get your shit together, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, so things like owning a home, proper insurance, 
spending less than you earn so that you're saving every month. You know, you got to get like all the basics down. So get your financial house in order, right? So that's step one. That's the starting point. And that's pretty much where most people begin and end within the financial blogosphere, right? They're teaching totally. seven tips to save money, you know, low cost passive index investing, all the basic stuff, right? That's all step one. That's that's all that is, right? Almost everything taught everywhere else, bam, done. We can um, do better than that. Yeah. So, oh, that's just a starting point, right? That's mm-hmm. how you get the basics right. And then step two is the personal side of that. And I call it now, I call it expectancy living. It's how you structure and live your life, how you form the habits how you build the frameworks of how you conduct your life so that it results in success, however you define success, how it takes you to fulfilling life, how it takes you towards where you want to go. So that's the personal side. So one is how you structure the financial aspects of your life so that it works and it's building properly and compounding positively. The other is how you build the personal side of your life so that it's doing the same thing but in your life, it's the personal aspect. And that parallels how I teach wealth, which is you've really got two primary resources, which is time and money, right? And wealth is the compound return of both time and money. So you compound your time resources through your knowledge, capital, other capitals, which you can leverage, and then you compound your financial capital as well. And so you'll see that throughout the seven steps is that there's two parallel universes you're traveling, which is the personal side and the financial side. So like, then we go to step three. Step three is wealth planning. Now, the reason I built that course out first, and it makes no logical sense to anybody except me, is because it's really the third point in the process, right? You do your wealth plan after you get your financial house in order and after you get your habits and frameworks right, you know how to conduct your life, right? And usually people figure that out in their 20s and 30s. Some people never figure it out in their lifetime, But the people that are going to succeed usually kind of figure out through their 20s and 30s, some start getting it as early as college age, right? You start getting pieces and then you start seeing how this stuff works and that there's a pattern to it and there's a science to success. Then you go and you structure a wealth plan. Wealth plan takes the three asset classes, right? All wealth is built on three asset classes, which is paper assets, you know, stocks, bonds, everything your broker can sell you, right? So stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, and then real estate, and then business asset class, Those are the only three asset classes from which you can build wealth. Then it takes your resources, time, money, skills, everything else, and you start matching the characteristics of your values and goals with the resources you bring to the equation with the unique characteristics of each asset class. There is no right, wrong in the way I teach wealth building. There's a variety of different paths. Actually, there's infinite number of paths, but the key is you've got to match the path to your specific situation, your skills, your interests in order to succeed. So some people succeed fabulously off of low-cost passive index investing. That's because they have a high-earning career. They started saving early. They're very good at personal finance, right? Other Mm -hmm. people... They don't. They won't succeed that way. They need the leverage and the financial leverage involved in real estate. Other people succeed fabulously with business, right? So there's all kinds of different ways in which you can see each has its own unique characteristics. You've got to match it up and build a wealth plan out of it. And it goes through this. So I start with the traditional planning framework, which is what you get everywhere else and is taught by your advisor and everything. And then I build on top of that and go through the advanced planning framework. And that's where we bring in expectancy analysis, risk management, leverage principles, how the different asset classes behave, how you work with the different asset classes in your wealth plan on and on. 
And then we convert that into action steps. So we take your your specific objective-based wealth plan, which is how most people think of goal setting and wealth building, right? They set a goal, they have a financial goal. You take an objective-based wealth plan, then you convert it into an action plan. So it becomes actionable. So you can actually work with it every day and you build the science behind how you take action. So anyway, that's step three, right? And that blended piece is a step four. Step four was originally the personal side of the wealth plan, but I had to pull a lot from that in order to make the course complete, right? So step four was a lot about how you take massive action in life and how you produce amazing results in life. And that was once you had your wealth plan, where that came from and why it was step four is once you had your wealth plan, then what I noticed is every client went through the same thing. They get stuck, right? Because they go to implement it and now all kinds of personal stuff comes up, right? They have resistance. There's all kinds of obstacles to success. Their life isn't structured to move them towards success. Um, There's just all these issues that come up. And so that's when I would start working with them on the step four material. Well, I found out I had to have that in the step in the expectancy wealth planning course in order for people to succeed. So I moved a lot of that over into that course. You want me to just keep rambling here? Yeah. So, I mean, first, I want to make sure I'm really understanding what you mean by expectancy. I mean, you mean, do you mean life expectancy? I just want to have that defined so we have the right. Oh, thanks for asking. I blow through this stuff because I deal with it all the time, right? <laughs> so it's just like how, how I think and my community know, you know, is used to talking about stuff. So thank you for clarifying. Mathematical expectancy. So expectancy is the math from which all wealth is built, right? It's the math that determines the compound annual growth of your wealth, right? So it's probability times payoff in simple terms. There's actually a math equation for it, but the way it works is probability times payoff. And it's counterintuitive to how most people think because most people think in terms of probability. That's how we intuitively think the odds of something happening. What's the chance that it's going to happen to us? And that's not the way wealth works in practice because the payoff equation is critically, critically important to your wealth growth. And that's the thing most people miss is unusually large gains and unusually large losses have an outside effect on your wealth growth equation, on your compound growth equation, to the point that you can never actually have one large loss ever in your wealth compounding in your lifetime. Because if you do, you can screw up a lifetime of compounding wealth with one mistake. And so that's where we come into the principles of risk management. And so expectancy wealth planning is unique in that it comes from risk management first. It's all about risk management because risk management is built right in the expectancy equation. It's it's actually more important to control the outside losses than it is to maximize your gains in terms of how you build wealth. And so that's why expectancy is the core of everything I teach. I call it expectancy living, expectancy wealth planning, expectancy investing. Everything is built on that because that equation combined with the future value equation, right? The future value equation brings in the time component, but expectancy determines the growth rate of the future value equation. Those two equations are the math that determines your financial outcome in life. But it's more than that because it's a philosophy, as you can tell. Once you really break it apart, there's actionable philosophy to implement that math and put it to work for you. Interesting. So it seems in the... I don't know what you want to call it, but revitalization, revamping, rethinking of the what, what you're in the middle of right now and about to to launch is to demonstrate that the expectancy thought process is more of a philosophy and make it clear that expectancy kind of pervades the entire thinking of what you're 
doing as opposed to being one part of one or two different steps in the seven steps. The comment I get from my course students is once you understand this stuff, you don't feel any need to continue to consume information all over the place except for specialized info that you need for implementing some aspect of your plan, kind of what we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And that's because they understand at the root. They, we went all the way down to the math. We went down to the financial science behind why it's true. And once you understand why it's true, you realize that you're looking at this completely different from how it's commonly taught by your financial advisor or in the conventional media. And once you wrap your head around it, you get that you finally know it. Like most people feel like they're missing something, right? They're just missing some piece of this equation. They don't fully understand it. And the reason for that is they haven't taken it down to its core. They're, have you ever heard the story of the three blind men and the elephant? I think so. But why don't you tell us just to make sure we got it? All right. So real quick, you take three blind men up to an elephant and tell them to describe the elephant, right? One guy grabs the tail. He says, Ooh, an elephant is like a giant rope. Next guy grabs the, the back leg and he says, an elephant's like a giant tree trunk. And the third guy grabs the elephant's ear and he says, the elephant's like a large fan, right? Each guy's technically correct in that aspect of the elephant that he understands and he's experiencing, but he's blind to the entire experience of the elephant. And so his description is by definition limited. So what I'm doing is I'm taking people back and I'm showing them the entire elephant. I'm building it from the ground up, from the math that determines your compound growth. So that once you get it, you own the whole elephant of wealth building. You understand how it works, how the different asset classes interplay, how they connect to you as a person. Because we aren't just robots. We aren't computers, right? We're humans. We're emotional. And so there's a process we go through to build this wealth. And ultimately, it's only valuable to the extent that it results in a fulfilling life. So you have to connect your wealth back to your values. You have to connect your wealth back to who you are as a person and what you bring to the equation. Otherwise, this won't work. It won't result in happiness. And so there's like a whole composite picture here. I like that happiness and, and satisfaction are the end goal. And, and just to kind of get us back to making sure I'm understanding where we are so far as we kind of talked about taking action and implementing these steps. Where do we stand in the process? so to speak. You mean the seven steps? Yeah. Yeah. So I got through step four so far. So I'm on a step five now. Okay. 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 So step five is, it was the original expectancy investing, right? And it was always called that, but it was going to be specialized just to paper assets. I wasn't going to cover real estate and esoteric strategies in there. I was going to save that for step six. So that would have been step six. It would have been expectancy investing, but it would have been all the obscure stuff and less common you know, what we call alternate, alternative asset strategies. So what I did was I brought my hedge fund experience to the paper asset class and started sharing the various models. So when I ran the hedge fund, I did 12 years of research. I spent 12 years, I was one of the original pioneers of programming mathematical risk management systems for the financial markets. And so I spent 12 years doing research. I programmed at the time, most of what existed out there and tested it. And surprisingly, very little works. When you actually put hard math to it, you'll find that very little of what's taught out there actually works. But there are a few things that are valid, right? And so that's what eventually became expectancy investing. That course is not available right now. The only course that's available is expectancy, wealth planning. And then I have kind of an expectancy investing done for you. It's a, a service that I promote on the site that's not mine, but it, it's close enough that it gives people actionable stuff now until I build the course. And so that's on the site right now. And so that's five and six. And then step seven 
was now that you're a millionaire, so what? And so, you know, like all good wisdom, right? It's, it's like, it's catch 22, right? There's always like this perverse hook at the end. And in this case, the perverse hook is that nobody really wants more money, right? When we sit out for financial freedom, we don't want more money. We want what we think money will give us, which is freedom, happier life, all these different things, right? Time to do what we want with whom we want, when we want. There's all kinds of slogans for it. And so what happens, and this is pervasive, right? It happened to me. I thought I was a freak when it happened to me. And then I found it happened to almost all my clients that became financially independent, was you go through this period of malaise unless you're prepared for it unless you really know what to expect and understand it's going to happen to you because you pursue financial independence as a goal, thinking that your life changes in a certain way when you get there. And what you realize is once you're financially independent, it's actually quite disturbing because what it does is it removes any obstacle to happiness that you're rationalizing. You can no longer blame your boss. You know, oh, I have a shitty boss. Once I don't have this job, I'll be happy. I don't have enough money to do the things I want to do. Once I have that money and I can do what I want to do, then I'll be happy, right? We all have a bunch of stories in our head about what's keeping us from being happy. And so once you're financially independent, guess what? You don't have those stories anymore, right? Your happiness is your fault. And if you aren't happy, you have to own it because you don't have those obstacles in the way. You can buy those things that you want in order to be happy if they were actually going to make you happy. And so it usually sets people off on a bit of malaise if they're not prepared for it, right? So I teach it up front. I teach people, that's what's going to happen. Don't let it bother you. It's perfectly normal. It's just that we grow up with a certain perception. We believe life works a certain way and we're not taught otherwise because so few people ever achieve it, right? So few people ever achieve true financial freedom. Nobody's really come back and taught it. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and so it's just not common knowledge. And yet... You know, I've worked with a lot of clients on it, I went through it myself, and it's, it happens to almost everyone. The only people it doesn't happen to is people who pursued financial freedom because there's something else they really wanted to do. They already had that next step for them. They had the next set of goals. For most people, they just hit blue ocean. And it's like, hey, I'm financially independent. I'm supposed to be happy. You know, let me go to a tropical beach and have an umbrella drink, and I'm going to be happy. And that happens for a little while, you know, a few months couple years, whatever it is for that person. And then all of a sudden it sets in and they realize, wait a minute, happiness is way more subtle than that. You know, there's, there's complex and nuance to happiness. And so that's what step seven was going to be. It hasn't been built yet. So. Interesting. Okay. So if I'm hearing kind of through this thought process, I mean, I, I want to really nail down to, I want to make sure I understand whether where you stand on the seven steps steps to seven figures at this point. I mean, you, you built it in the past and it sounds like you've had, I don't want to say a change of heart, but a, a change of the way you think about teaching these principles. Am Let I wrong? Clarify. Okay. No, it's the, you're not wrong. I want to clarify some sure. nuance. That's okay. why I said it. So we get yeah. clarification. Seven steps did not change. Okay. Mm. Seven steps to seven figures is completely valid. What it was, though, it was born out of my coaching experience. When I'm the coach working with person one-on-one, -on -one, those are the seven steps they're going to go through, through the coaching process. It's very different teaching people in a course format. That was the part I had to figure out. Okay, so I had to mix and match pieces from the steps in order to get the courses to make sense to produce the actionable result that people are buying when they buy the course. And so I had to restructure that knowledge 
in a different way to get it to work in a course. And I only learned that through building the first course, right? So when I built what was going to be step three, because that's where I started every coaching client. That's why it was the first course I built. It made sense to me. That's where I started every coaching client. I can't coach somebody to wealth without a wealth plan. Then once we have that wealth plan that's built around who they are as a person, then I would take them into action, right? Because now there was smart risk managed next steps and next actions to take. As soon as we took action, then I saw they ran into all the personal obstacles, right? And so then I'm pulling from step four and step two, right? And when we go to build the wealth plan, I would see if they were still at step one, right? Because I would Mm. see their finances and I would see what issues they have. So in the wealth plan, I would backpedal to step one if they were at that stage. See, I was custom fitting everything for them, right? And if, if, if I was building a wealth plan for somebody that was already well past step one, but they didn't understand how to integrate advanced investment strategy, their wealth plan would be very different with me. Everything was getting custom fitted and I was pulling from the very steps, but I knew you couldn't go to step three and step four without having step one and two right, right? You, mm-hmm. Like these are the foundations on which the other ones were built. And you, you won't hit step seven until you've been through three, four, five right? Because you can't get to that success without going through those steps. And so those were the steps everybody goes through to build wealth. It's real, right? I'm not discarding it. I'm just saying I can't build courses that are going to produce the result for the client that they're paying for and follow that seven-step structure. I had to completely recreate it once I started. Okay. So it's a reimagining to help scale and change the format. That makes makes a lot of sense. Am I more on track now? Yeah. All right. Great. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's that's that, that's very good. I mean, it sounds like you're learning a lot of things along the way as you're going through the coaching program, and then again reimagining it more as a course and seeing that the ways in which these things are taught need to change based on the way in which people are consuming it. One, and then two, the amount of attention that they're directly getting versus having to self guide. Yeah, and I'm I'm walking the talk in the sense that I teach that wealth, building wealth is is the most amazing path of personal growth you'll go through, right? Because of all the personal stuff you have to overcome and all the things you have to learn to get there, and so I'm a living example of that right now, right? Yeah. In the sense that I started coaching to figure out how to serve people and how to help them. Then I formulated into a seven step process, and I thought I had it all figured out because I was getting repeatable results with clients. So then I take it out and roll it out into a product line of books and courses, right? And then I get in there and I go, oh, wait a minute, based on feedback, based on client interaction, I don't have this right. I have to rework this and I have to rework this. And and it's constant learning and constant growth. Nice. I love that. And I love all of these thoughts and and the processes and the steps and that you're going through this change and that we're kind of getting you right in the middle of it here. and, And we got to really... I think, get down to the core of of the purpose of that change. So I love that too. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Todd, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Uh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you are. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Well, pulling out education is a tough one because that is the best. Why we take it out. Yeah, the second one, you don't want everybody saying the same thing over, right? I would say the first business, the hedge fund business, 
that was the basis from all my wealth. And that was also the basis of my knowledge that I've multiplied out into this business or leveraged out into this business. So my investment in that business, both time, money, it all paid back and drove. So I would say the hedge fund business. Nice, nice. Sounds like it definitely worked out for you based on all your past, your history and business that you've built on your own. Now, we had the best investment. Now we go on to the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? I lost 100% on it. Every last penny. Uh Yeah, so I did. uh, I made all the mistakes. I actually have an article on it called My Worst Investment, What I Learned or something like that. I bought a penny stock off the pink sheets. It was an inside scoop. It was my first job out of college. And I knew the credit manager for a large corporation. And he was running the credit stuff on this growing company and their stock was growing. And it was a classic penny stock pump and dump scheme. And ah. I fell for it. I, I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. And I was saving for my MBA, right? I was going to go back to college as an MBA. I mean, I was a recent college grad. And uh, I was saving for my MBA. And I pumped that money in. And I thought I was going to get rich. I mean, I made every mistake in the book. So the nice thing is I'm living proof. You know, you don't have to be born a smart <laughs> investor to do well. Right, you just gotta you gotta learn from your mistakes and train. I, I literally I did everything wrong, and I'm totally transparent about. It. I put it in a post on my site. Wow, and you made it hopefully through. People, yeah, hopefully people learn from my mistakes. It was actually like a lot of stupid mistakes. It was a blessing in disguise, right? And ultimately, by not doing my MBA and focusing on my investment education, it ultimately led me into the hedge fund space, which became my source of wealth and became a real calling for me. So. In the end, it worked. It probably meant to be. Nice. But it was expensive at the time. It hurt. (laughs) Well, you turned it into a success. My favorite question here at the end of the show is, what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? I mean, it was the topic of this conversation, which is expectancy analysis. So the combination of how you apply risk management and leverage principles in order to safely build wealth through expectancy analysis and how it's different from how most people think. To me, once I understood that, and I started first seeing it in my research when I was doing research for the hedge fund, I started seeing something really bizarre. And this will be kind of like leaving people with a a hanger here, a cliffhanger, (laughs) which which is that risk is not equal to reward. Risk is only equal to reward as commonly taught at the product investment product level. Okay. But once you integrate investment process into investing, risk is inversely related to reward. In other words, the less you risk, the less, the smaller the losses you get, the more you make. And there's all these principles behind it. And so there's like a whole nother level of thinking behind it. And so once I got that, it changed everything. Wow. I mean, this is, this is kind of the first that I'm hearing of just this thought process, I suppose, in terms of our personal investments. It makes a lot of sense, but it's definitely something that I need to learn more about. And I think probably the listeners do too, if I had to take a guess. Thanks for everything today. If folks want to learn more about you, they want to get in touch, they want to get one of the courses, where can they find you? Yeah, so financialmentor.com. So two words smashed together, financial and mentor. Financialmentor.com. Tons of free stuff I give away for new subscribers. I give a free ebook, 18 Essential Lessons from a Self-Made Millionaire, free calculators, free content. And for people that want to take the next level, I've got an introductory thing, which is uh, paid books over on Amazon or wherever you buy books. They're everywhere. And then also uh, that's the, the impulse buy, if you will. And then the course, Expectancy Wealth Planning. If you're ready to deep dive, 
If you want to build wealth like a pro and you want to really understand how it works, I've got a course for you. Awesome. I love it. And thanks for everything today. Once again, I'm you're opening up my mind to this new concept of expectancy in terms of our investments, our life, our wealth. And I love it. Thanks for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying this show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated. It helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thanks for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great day and a great rest of your week. And we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.